When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all. Looking to bring it open. He's got it. Snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn and Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for part two of the weekend mailbag. So for that, we bring back our friend who is the editor over at JetNation.com, Mr. Glenn Naughton. And Glenn, before we get into any more questions, I just wanted to finish up what we were talking about yesterday about Barry Bonds. He did have three MVPs before any of the steroid stuff began. He won two in Pittsburgh, and then he won one his first year in San Francisco. And if you look at his stats, I mean, this is just absolutely insane. His career on base percentage was 444, but look at this, Glenn. There were years where he was 500 or above, 2001, 515, 2002, 582, 2003, 529, 2004, 609. Do you realize what that means? In 2004, that means that he was on base 60% of his plate appearances. That is absolutely bonkers. This guy was unreal. If you go ahead and look at his OPS over the course of his career, anything that's above 800 is considered pretty good. These are the on-base percentages for Barry Bonds from the time he won his first MVP in 1990 down through the end. I should say, by the way, for those that don't know, OPS is on-base plus slugging percentage. So here's what he had. Again, anything over 800 is considered pretty good. 970, 924, 1.08, 1.13, 1.07, 1.06, 1.04, 1.04, 1.08, 1.09, 1.04, 1.08, 1.09, 1.04, 1.08, 1.04, 1.04, 1.04, 1.04, 1.04, 1.04, 1.04, 1.04, 
one of the all-time greats to maybe the all-time great. And so, again, it's murky in terms of what you want to do with the steroids, but there's no debating what an amazing player he was. And as you said, Glenn, a very complicated figure. You talked about what you heard from somebody who worked for the organization. It matches what a lot of people have said. I'm curious to see how HBO portrays this in their documentary. They always do great documentaries. ESPN does a really good job with those 30 for 30s too. But I think when HBO and Showtime have their working boots on with these documentaries, there's nobody better. Premium cable always gets the job done when it comes to these documentaries better than anybody else. Glenn has to run, so I'm going to answer the rest of these mailbag questions after he goes, but in the meantime, I just want to thank him for coming on. As always, Glenn Naughton, editor, JetNation.com, and co-host of Jet Nation Radio. Really appreciate you jumping on with me again. For those that want to check out your work over at JetNation.com, and of course, follow you on social media, how can they do that, and what are they going to find when they go to Jet Nation? Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Uh, looking forward to the next time, and you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we're talking a little more DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, we're saying the Jets were bluffing and they made a move for him. Check us out at JetNation.com, our forums, most active independent Jets message board on the web. You can get me on Twitter at JNRadio underscore Glenn. My partner Dylan Terraman is at D Terraman T E R E M A N. We're live Thursday nights at six thirty uh, Eastern, and then Friday nights myself and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. Thanks for jumping on, Glenn. Really appreciate it. We'll do this again soon. Hope you have a great week. And with that, let's answer some more mailbag questions. This one's from Michael Palace. He says, let's say Makai Becton crushes it in training camp, and he's the best option for both sides of the line. Also, Joe Tittman isn't quite ready to command the offensive line, but the Jets feel like he should start. Should they consider this offensive line? Makai Becton, left tackle. Lakin Tomlinson, left guard. Connor McGovern, center. Joe Tittman, right guard. Elijah Vera Tucker, right tackle. Elijah Vera Tucker's flexibility gives the Jets the ability to try something like this. But the only way that I would really consider it is if Makai Becton dominated, like you said, and Dwayne Brown is just looking very sluggish. Because as far as I'm concerned, I think moving Vera Tucker back to tackle is something that you should only do out of necessity if somebody gets hurt because they believe he can be an all-world guard. And then also Dwayne Brown, I think the gap from him to somebody else to tackle is a big gap if you're talking about somebody like Carter Warren or Max Mitchell or somebody like that. So moving Barrett Tucker out of his strongest spot to tackle to bump Dwayne Brown, you'd have to have seen some serious dominance from Becton, but then also Brown would have had to show you some real slippage and you would have had to see something from Joe Tipman to make you think that both him and Connor McGovern should start simultaneously. So what I'm saying essentially is, while I think the Jets could try something like this, it's not something I would do unless Dwayne Brown looks completely washed up or Brown gets hurt again. If Brown gets hurt again, all bets are off. But if he's playing reasonably well at training camp and in the preseason and he doesn't look like he's slipped a great deal and he still looks like he's significantly better than any of the other tackles besides Mekhi Becton, I think the best move is to have Dwayne Brown at left tackle, Mekhi Becton at right tackle, Elijah Vera Tucker and Lakin Tomlinson as the two guards, and then McGovern and Tipman can fight it out for the center position, and then obviously they can change things up as the season goes along. If, say, Tipman passes McGovern, even if McGovern is the guy that wins the job out of the gate, you could always make that change at a certain point. And, of course, as we said, with injuries, something could happen and force a situation where you now have Tipman and McGovern in the lineup at the same time, and you push Elijah Vera Tucker to tackle. But that's something I would only do if Dwayne Brown looks terrible or he gets hurt. Other than that, I would say Brown at left tackle, 
Becton at right tackle. And I know Becton won't be happy about that, but the reality is he hasn't really played in two years. He's fighting for his career here. This is a contract year, and he needs to get on board. I know right tackle's not his preference. He'd rather play left tackle, but really the situation dictates what happens here. Brown, a career left tackle, never played right tackle. Becton has played both. The Jets need Becton at right tackle, so need trumps the desires of Becton here. Again, considering the situation he's in, fighting for his career after not having played for two years, he's going to have to make peace with that because if he doesn't, that's going to open up a whole new can of worms that, trust me, Makai Becton does not want open when he's heading into free agency. He does not want teams thinking that he's uncooperative, that he won't play ball, especially when he's already missed two straight years with injuries. So ultimately, Brown at left tackle, Becton at right tackle, and if that's not what you see opening day, then something went drastically wrong along the way. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Marcus247. He asks, does anybody know why Bill Belichick hates the Jets so much? He quit on his first day. I still don't know the story. 
Well, there's been a lot written, said, and even a documentary that covered this. The two bills, the 30 for 30 on Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells, covered quite a bit of this. So I'll give the Reader's Digest version. But essentially, Bill Belichick was uneasy about the turmoil with the ownership situation. He wasn't confident in what was going on there. Leon Hess had passed away, and the team was up in the air at that point. And then also, he wanted to get out from under Bill Parcells. He felt like he was in his shadow and all of that. And so... Ultimately, what that led to was Bill Belichick winding up talking to Bob Kraft. They were able to strike a deal. Belichick went back to New England, and Belichick had had a pretty good relationship with Kraft when he'd been there with Parcells before the two of them left together to go to the New York Jets. So obviously, Jets fans feel like they're cursed that Belichick left. But the funny thing is, at the time, the Jets ended up getting a first-round pick in the deal, and they used that pick to trade up a little bit and get Sean Ellis. So at the time, you're thinking, wow, the Jets got rid of Bill Belichick, who was a really good defensive mind, but had been a fairly mediocre head coach with the Cleveland Browns. And then obviously, you know, the mitigating circumstances there. He was kind of a lame duck. The team was leaving for Baltimore and all of that. And so you look at it in hindsight and think that he didn't really get a fair shake there. He'd actually had a decent amount of success. They'd gone to the playoffs in 1994, which was the first time in five years. And they actually got a playoff victory over Bill Parcells and the New England Patriots in the first round before falling to the division champs in their division, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But but Belichick, having been a lame duck, gives you more perspective in hindsight in terms of him not getting a fair shake as a head coach. And so Jets fans didn't really think much of it at the time because they were thinking of him as the guy who had gotten fired from the Browns and not as a guy who obviously went on to become arguably the greatest head coach of all time. And at the time, getting somebody like Sean Ellis, who was a premier talent, in exchange for letting Belichick go to New England seemed like a robbery. Of course, in the end, as great as Sean Ellis was, it wasn't a robbery for the Jets. In fact, it ended up being a robbery for the New England Patriots. Next question comes in from Max Arad. He asks, why do the Jets seem so much more interested in Dalvin Cook than DeAndre Hopkins? I don't understand that allocation of resources. Seems to go against most accepted conventions of 2023 NFL, not to mention roster needs. I'm with you on this. It's very strange to me. The only thing I can think of is that the Jets just really don't like DeAndre Hopkins for whatever reason. Maybe they're afraid of the injuries. Maybe the suspension last year spooked them. Maybe they think that he's on the decline. Even though if you watch his film, he was pretty good last year. Maybe they don't see the value there getting him at whatever it is he's asking for. And so they'd prefer to go in another direction. Perhaps they think he's a bad culture fit. You've heard stories about Hopkins making waves in locker rooms. So maybe that's something. Perhaps there is a story we don't know about where Hopkins and Rodgers don't really care for each other. Remember, Hopkins listed a whole bunch of quarterbacks that he'd be looking forward to playing with, and he didn't mention Aaron Rodgers, which doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't want to play with Rodgers, but you would think, considering that the Jets are a team on the rise, Rodgers, legendary quarterback, team looks like they have a roster that's built to win right now, and they've got a defense that can really take pressure off the offense, all seems to fit what DeAndre Hopkins said he was looking for, but he didn't mention the Jets or Aaron Rodgers. So you wonder if there's something to it from his side and from the Jets' side as well. As far as Dalvin Cook, it's weird. He had four straight 1,000-yard seasons, and if you look at his season on paper last year, it was pretty good. 4.4 yards per carry, over 1,100 yards. But if you watch the tape of Dalvin Cook's performance, he wasn't all that great. He seemed to have lost the step 
a lot of his better plays were really a product of the offensive line. That's really what you want to look for with running backs. How much are they making happen on their own, and how much is a result of a superior or an inferior offensive line? In the case of Cook, when you go and watch, and this is why PFF had him at such a low ranking when it came to yards past expected down by the bottom of the league, and it's because basically he was able to get yardage that directly corresponded to how poorly or how well the offensive line played on that one particular play. You look at a guy like Brees Hall with a much inferior offensive line with the Jets and look at all the things he made happen. So there's not really that same level of burst. There's not really that same level of dominance that you saw from Dalvin Cook early in his career. And this is the unfortunate reality of running backs in the NFL. They get used up very, very quickly. And so they hit a wall much sooner than players at almost every other position. Now, you talked about allocation of resources. There's also the devaluing of the running back position in general because teams are valuing throwing more as the league continues to make rules that tilts in the favor of passing because they want to turn it into a passing league. And it's really become that over the last bunch of years. And so running backs are not as valuable as they were in past years. Even back in the 90s, you think about how valuable a guy like Emmett Smith was or Barry Sanders. Look at the 80s, a guy like Eric Dickerson. Look at that Herschel Walker trade. Could you imagine a running back getting traded for anything close to that? That's a quarterback haul now. There's no other position in the NFL where you could get that kind of haul than quarterback. You look back at what the Vikings gave up for Herschel Walker. It was what would today be a quarterback haul. So you factor all that in and the fact that these running backs get used up. And so by the time they're in their late 20s, they're already considered damaged goods. Look at what happened to Le'Veon Bell when he signed with the Jets. He just didn't have it anymore. He had been used up in Pittsburgh. Take a look at a guy like Todd Gurley who was lighting the world on fire and then overnight he seemed to be done. David Johnson, another good example. These running backs fall off a cliff very quickly and very hard, and it happens at a much earlier age than a lot of other positions. So strange to me that the Jets would be in on Dalvin Cook. I have heard that they are, though, that they are legitimately interested. I don't know the extent of the interest. I don't know that they're beating down his door or anything like that, but they are legitimately interested. You even heard what Robert Salas said at the presser. Contrast what he said about Dalvin Cook basically implying that the Jets would dip their toe in that water as opposed to what Salas said when he was asked about DeAndre Hopkins. He basically ruled it out right off the bat. So huge difference there. Part of this is perhaps the Jets, in addition to not liking Hopkins, the player or the person, are a little more comfortable with their wide receiver group than they are with their running back group. Now, you could say they went after Odell Beckham Jr. How comfortable could they be with their wide receiver group? And I think that that's probably true. But there is, of course, the other end of this, which is we know that Aaron Rodgers likes Odell Beckham and wanted to play with him. So maybe the Jets were going after Odell Beckham because Rodgers wanted him more so than because they felt he was a good fit here for any particular reason. Hard to know that, but that's certainly a possibility. I think maybe the Jets aren't as confident in their running back group as they've led on. Remember, Michael Carter, really rough year last year. Bam Knight had a couple of nice games and then fell off a cliff. Izzy Abanacanda, really like him, think his film was great, thought he played very, very well at Pittsburgh, has a lot of the physical tools and traits, but maybe the Jets are a little nervous about him year number one. And then you've got Brees Hall. We all know how good Brees Hall is, and he is expected by most in that building to be ready to play week one. However, let's also not forget, he's coming off a very, very serious injury, and so even if he plays week one, he's probably going to be on a strict pitch count. 
You don't know exactly what the Jets are going to be able to get out of him, at least early in the season, and you don't know how much they're going to be able to use him. So they probably see Dalvin Cook as potential insurance for Brees Hall and a hedge against Michael Carter not bouncing back from last year as well. They maybe don't want to put that kind of pressure on a player like Izzy Abanacanda, a rookie, to carry the load if they have to keep Brees Hall on a very strict pitch count. And remember, this is a team that has said they're a win-now team. They want to go out there and win as many games as they can. It's all about the here and now. And so Dalvin Cook would be better insurance for that end than, say, somebody like Izzy Abanacanda, a fifth rounder. So I think that probably all factors into it. Maybe also Aaron Rodgers likes Dalvin Cook. We don't know. Remember, they played against each other many times. Maybe Rodgers developed an admiration for him as a player, and he's one who's behind the scenes suggesting this. So I think it's just a matter of the Jets are a little bit nervous about their running back room more so than they've let on. I think they also clearly look at Dalvin Cook as somebody who they think could make a bit of a difference, especially if Brees Hall isn't able to give you exactly what you need from him right off the bat, if it takes him some time to get into the groove, and if they have to slowly increase his workload, you have Dalvin Cook to pick up the slack. And I think ultimately they just see him as a playmaker, and they're trying to add as many playmakers as they can. So I agree with you. I would be going after DeAndre Hopkins not Dalvin Cook, for all the reasons that I said and for the reasons that you said. We've made it clear. I think if you put Hopkins in that wide receiver core with him and Garrett Wilson and then Lazard, Mecole Hardman, and Randall Cobb, that's one of the best receiving cores in the league. You'd have one of the top one-two punches, and now all of a sudden you've got two elite weapons in the passing game, but the Jets don't appear to see it that way. Dalvin Cook, a player I don't think they necessarily need as much, but clearly they see him as somebody that can really help them right now. I don't know if they're willing to break the bank. I would doubt it. There was that report about one year, $11 million. I think that's probably erroneous. I can't see any way that the Jets would invest $11 million in a running back unless it's a situation where it's $5 million, but you could earn $6 million in incentives, and a fair amount of those incentives are very hard to hit. It's one of those, oh, it's a maximum value of $11 million. If it's something like that, maybe, I guess, but still probably not. I would imagine that they're going to offer him something closer to between four and six million and if somebody tops that they top it but this is more to me a dipping a toe in the water thing I know they are legitimately interested but I don't think they're break the bank interested certainly though as you said they are more interested in Cook than they are in Hopkins and on paper that doesn't make much sense to me but like I said there's probably some things we don't know about what Hopkins wants what the Jets want maybe something involving Aaron Rodgers hard to say but that could be part of the reason why the Jets prefer Cook over Hopkins, even though if you look at it on paper, it would seem to make much more sense for the Jets to be interested in Hopkins than for them to be interested in Cook. That's going to wrap up part two of the weekend mailbag. Thanks again to Glenn Naughton for coming on. Thank you to everybody who sent in questions. We'll do this again next weekend. In the meantime, as I said before, make sure you check out everything that Glenn is doing over at JetNation.com. Follow him on Twitter at JNRadio underscore Glenn. Check out everything we've got going on over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some fantastic all-22s up on our channel right now, including DeAndre Hopkins and Delvin Cook. So if you want to watch what each of them did last year, compare and contrast, see which one you think would make more sense for the Jets, see if you think what I said is correct, or maybe you think I'm off base, go ahead, watch our videos right now at youtube.com slash playlikeajet. 
and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.